you know what? You were nice enough to download the podcast, put your headphones in. How about we start the show? This is comedian John Heffern, Kid with a Cape podcast. Random interviews, reflections, and predictions from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Now broadcasting from his 1840s farmhouse, here's John Heffern. Lock it in and rip the knobs off. This is KWC with John Heffern. This is Kid with a Cape. Here's your host, John Heffern. Ha ha. Hey, so I, I think we should start with this. I want to give everybody listening um, freedom. I think there's something during this whole lockdown that, that you're probably holding in your gut and it's bothering you. So I want to give you permission um, to let it go. Remember, I don't know, what? how long have we been in lockdown now? Um, has it been five years? I was making etches um, on the wall for every year that we've been in, in lockdown, like the movie Count of Monte Crisco. Shout out to Kate. Wait, Mon- Monte Crisco? Cristo. Mon- Wait, Monte Crisco? What was Chris? Crisco was that stuff your mom or grandma used in that tub. Like, right? They'd stick in the fat and then they'd rub it all over the pan before they made cinnamon rolls. Was it Count of Monte Crist- Cristo? Cristal? Count of Monte Cristal. That's different than the count of uh, of Crisco, right? Yeah, Cristal. Yeah, I guess you could put on a pan. It would make cinnamon rolls. I don't know, probably be expensive cinnamon rolls. I can't even say Chris. Count of Monte. Count. Count of Monte Cristo. Listen. If you know me at all as a stand-up, you know I have a speech impediment. I well, I don't have a speech impediment. I slur. I was tongue-tied as a kid. I couldn't touch. My, I couldn't touch the top of my mouth with my tongue, right? So my stepmom is named Lori, but when I first met her, I would always go wall we because I, I can't say a lot of words even as an adult today. I can't say words like count count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> All right, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do that twice. Count of Monte, uh, whatever. I can't say that. Or uh, I was trying to get Siri while I was driving to play Jeff Beck. Uh, Hallelujah. See, I can't say, I can't say that word either. Or if I think about the words, it makes even Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Like, I can't, Alexa, play Hallelujah. What do you want me to play? Play Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah by Pentatonics on Amazon Music. Oh, shit. Okay. Stop. Turn off. Okay, uh, stop, Alexa. Stop. Stop. So, okay, so I, I can't, she picked it up, Hallelujah, or Count of Monte Crisco. Anyway, how was I even talking about that? Um, so, remember that he's, he's, he's trapped and he's marking. That's how I feel with this stay-at-home thing. But here's something uh, that's in your... 
is rambling again. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? Can we just all get it together? There's something in your house that's been bugging you, and I want to give you permission just to let it go. And that is somewhere in your house, I'm sure, there's a jigsaw puzzle that was just too tough to do. Okay? Just admit it. it. You got it because that's what everybody was getting when this whole thing started. And you started it. It seemed like a good idea. And every time you walk by your table, you look at that puzzle. And it just it's not done. It's not happening. And you've been stuck at home for two months. What, what are we? Two months or 20 years. You're not going to just fi- you're not going to finish it. You're not going to. Some things in life you try and it just doesn't work out. So after this podcast or even now, I'll pause. I'll wait. Turn and go to that table and just grab the jigsaw or jigsaw. Was it 1930? Grab the puzzle and just toss it. Just grab the box and just with your hand, just just put it all, just put it away and then throw the box. Oh, just get rid of it. You're never doing the puzzle again. Don't even put it. Don't even put it in your in, in it storage thing don't even put it on a shelf no one's gonna want it and unless you have a cabin somewhere that you rent out for the weekend maybe throw it there for when people start traveling again they'll be like oh there's a puzzle we should try to do this and then they can't do it because it's just some cursed puzzle and think about this maybe the puzzle you just weren't supposed to put together ever think about that maybe you know life is not about point a to point B. Maybe maybe it's not getting to B. Maybe B isn't where you're trying to get. Maybe it's the journey in between A and B where life was. Maybe while you were putting the puzzle together, you had some awesome conversation. Maybe while putting the puzzle together, you were bonding with somebody who you, you haven't bonded with. Maybe that is the journey and not actually putting, not the finished puzzle. Sometimes it's not about finishing stuff. Okay? So get rid of the puzzle. You're not, you're not going to do it. And people are starting to leave their houses and you can't do 500 push-ups and you haven't learned a language and you don't know how to play an instrument. That's okay. It's okay. I'm telling you, it's okay. It was a, it, it's still a scary time. I still think people should stay at home, but that's a whole thing. Time for the kid with a cape. Subject change. Ah, so um, over the weekend I watched Vision Quest, and I've seen Vision Quest, the movie, I don't even know how many times now. Maybe about a billion. It's kind of my go-to. Remind me back when I was in the 80s with my members-only jacket and my feathered hair. And I used to wrestle for Southline High School at 112 pounds, not to brag. I know many of you have seen me in person. You're like, God, that guy's huge. How was he? How big was he in high school? Wrestled 112. I think I graduated 119. But a couple things I want to talk about this movie. I have a friend who's a huge wrestler, and we're going to kind of break down uh, the actual wrestling in Vision Quest. Um, you know how I like to call my friends and just see what's up. But also the soundtrack to Vision Quest. I don't know if, if you've heard it, but I ran to it the other day. Because I'm a runner. Well, I run. I ran one time. Uh, so that makes me a runner. And I ran to Vision Quest. But here are just some of the songs. Just hold on. Let me. Let me just. Yeah, like this song right here. 
Hold on, make this it. Okay, there we can't play the thing. I know what I want to do. Before I get too involved in the soundtrack to this, I'm gonna call my buddy Pat Francis, who has a music podcast called Rock Solid. I don't know if he I'm gonna ask him a quick question. Pat, are you there? Hello. Hey, Pat, how Hello. are you? Can you hear me? I'm on. I'm on a cell phone. You're on a, but, uh, yeah, why well, I, I called you on on a rotary phone because um. Oh, okay. So you must have oh, your, your you you must have your the the numbers I have for everybody are to their home wall phone. So what did you forward your wall phone to your cell phone? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I have all the numbers forwarded from there. They come right to my cell phone. Oh, th that works out then. And, but then when you call out, then you call out with the uh, whatever. Got with, it. Oh, with the landline, yeah. So yeah, so I'm connected. Um. So uh. So I was talking about well, briefly, real quick about uh, soundtracks and how good Vision Quest soundtrack was. And it sounds horrible when I play it through my phone. Uh, maybe because I have you on the other line and it's all through the interwebs. <laughs> But now let me think. The Vision Quest soundtrack. We've got Madonna. We've got Ronnie James Dio. You're hearing that got, now. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm playing it. You have Dio, right? And you have this song. Wait. You got. You know got, what you wanna do. You have that. <laughs> you have. Uh, Hagar. Uh, you have John Waite on here. Um, this is when. I believe he's doing the pegboard. Anyway, it's such a good No More Words Berlin. I mean, that was like it's an amazing a, soundtrack. That was, uh, you know, loaded, loaded in soundtrack. I don't know what era. I mean, back then, were there a lot of movies that just try to crush the, the soundtracks? Or is that like, did that come later? This had to have been one of the first, right? This is like Footloose era, the, Vision, you know? The thing, the thing about that soundtrack is it's not an original soundtrack they took songs from other places and put on that soundtrack you know what i'm saying oh yeah they always like, like the songs, greatest hits well except for madonna's yes, right yes except for madonna's there might be a couple other ones but um i for example my favorite soundtrack of all time is from 1982 every song on this soundtrack you could only get on this soundtrack Okay. It's an original motion picture soundtrack, and that goes uh, for me. It's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay, I, I wouldn't even this know. This thing is loaded. Jackson Brown, somebody's baby. Oh yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. You got you got Don Henley. You got the Go Go's, Quarter Flash, Billy Squire, Sammy Hagar, uh, Donna Summer, Stevie Nicks, Oingo Boingo. This thing is full. Hmm. This is my vision quest, John. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking it up right now just to, um, why is my interwebs being, uh, nope, it didn't come up because I can't type. I, for some reason, typed Are in you? fast time and all I'm getting is pure workout, country caffeine, <laughs> that's not a thing, and some blame it on baby. Um, so what would be, what? Yes, go ahead. What, what would you. be your, um, I don't know, the, 
I don't want to go number one soundtrack. Uh, what what would be your top three? If I could, you have a lot of uh, music stuff. If I was going there and you have a whole soundtrack collection, and I was I was going to tell you out of the hundred, um, mm-hmm. you can keep three. What would they be? I'm going to give you the the, the 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 top three. Well, for me personally, it's Fast Time Original Mount High at number one. But if I'm going to go for just a, an overall for an everyman. I'm going to say the next two slots would have to be Top Gun and The Big Chill. Oh, The Big Chill's good, right? Yeah, and Top uh, and Top Gun cements you right there in the 80s. Yeah, I can't even look it up on my phone. I'm getting distracted. I would go, now I'm just going to go strictly memory with no audio cues for the, those listening. I would go, I mean, the Stand By Me soundtrack. Oh, that's a good one. It was pretty good, but I mean, you're going a completely different genre of music. You know, I mean, you're going back, but so they almost did the Vision Quest thing, or you know, where the mm-hmm. it's not original songs, um, right? So nobody else is gonna is thinking Grease two, like I am. <laughs> no, not Grease two. That one's got some good Never. ones. It, it's got Cool Rider. I want a Cool Rider, Cool Cool, and then it has Let's Do It for Our Country, the Red, White, and the Blue, and then it has Who's That I, Guy? Where Did I Come From? Who's That Guy? And then I'll Be Your Girl for All Seasons. Um, and then why are you why are you not talking Why are you not talking to Adrian Zemed? Why am I on the phone? You should be calling Zemed right now. And he's probably, he probably, you are, you are tougher to get on the phone because you have more going on than I'm sure he does. Right. <laughs> know, he might not me. even have he, a phone he, anymore. He, yeah. He's probably a super nice guy. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a letter in the mail to him. Um, now let me, let me throw out a soundtrack, uh, from recent years, uh, a movie that put together an excellent soundtrack is guardians of the galaxy. Awesome mix volume one. Right. Yeah, because they went all they went all eighties back on that one. I think it's all seventies. Hooked on a feeling, go all the way. Spirit in the sky, hmm. uh, cherry bomb. I mean, yeah, this thing, this thing mines the gold. Now, would you count as I'm trying to stall? Um, and for some reason, it's not pulling. Up. Would you count? Like, I just watched um, the Runaway soundtrack, or I watched I watched the Runaways. A Joan Jet. I saw. I saw a Joan Jet documentary, and then that made me. Yeah, good watch. documentary. Yeah, it's, it was one of those side note. Um, it was one of those ones where you're just running out of things to watch, and I love music documentaries. So I sometimes I watch horrible ones that are just pictures, and then it's some narrator doing it, and you're like, oh, this is like this is horrible. It's like those A and E biographies that were like good, but right. now they were just bad. So I watched the Joan Jett one and then she's in it. She's narrating it or they keep cutting to her. And I'm like, oh, okay. This was a surprise. One, how crazy awesome. But the I guess the Runaway soundtrack would be good because it's about a band, you know? Yeah, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's considered more of a, a greatest hits or a best of album in the guise of a soundtrack. All right, so you had Top Gun. Yeah, I'd have to... I mean, we will, we'll just go overall best soundtrack. Like, not because there's a couple songs on some of these. They're like, ugh, that song. Yeah, you know? that's true. You're right. There's a, there's, a, there's a track or two on Top Gun that you would skip. Footloose? How do you feel about Footloose? And again, I, I usually would be pulling up music and stuff, but I'll try not to be annoying, and it's not working right now. But we have Footloose, uh, obviously. I, 
or not? I believe Footloose is, is yeah, that, that's, that's definitely solid. You got, uh, you got some Kenny Loggins, some Denise Williams, some Sammy Hagar. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely right in there. Obviously, uh, Dirty Dancing, probably. I mean, we keep, you know. Oh. Dirty Dancing. Oh, oh, here's. That's, the, an, I, that's an interesting choice. I don't, I, again, I'm not, playing, but I wonder like even Breakfast Club. Um, I'm not familiar with that from top to bottom. Obviously, it has Don't You Forget About Me. Um, but I wonder how many other well, John, songs were in there. Because I, I, I can't pull anything up right now. John Hughes did always put together a good soundtrack for his films. Right. For sure. That uh, guy was locked into whatever was happening with music at that time period. Uh, breakfast. Bre- break fast. Breakfast club. <laughs> break. Um, oh, here we go. Various artists. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to play this. The, the audio is going to sound weird because uh, we're sharing a landline. But uh, Okay. You're dial up, right? Yeah, I'm dial up. It's kinda, okay, cool. Obviously, we have this one. This makes you want to talk like a, a DJ. 20, 20 minutes after 2 o'clock. Going to be around 73 degrees here. I'll be at the Navy Pier from Saturday. From two to three, stop on by. All right, what else is on there? Fire in the twilight. Which one are we looking? Oh, what you can't hear any of these, can you? No, I can't. But oh, that's okay. uh, fire in the twilight. Wang Chong, Keith Forby, I'm the dude. Heart to hold. Jesse Johnson, Dream Montage. We're not alone. Yeah, that, that soundtrack sucks. Here's the thing about a John Hughes soundtrack. It kind of sucks. You want to go and buy it and listen to it immediately after you watch the movie. But right. years later, it, it might not um, it might not be your go-to. Right. So what um, – okay, so we're, we're signing off you're, because you are the music – you're officially the music expert uh, of the uh, Kid with the Cape podcast, but you also have your own oh rock solid that uh, you have themes. I've been on it a few times. You have awesome guests. You had Melissa Etheridge. You had John Waite, uh, who ha- happens to be Hagar. one of my favorite artists. I John Waite, I, I listen to all of his stuff all the time. He's the best. Uh, yeah, he's just, he just one, of, he's one of those artists, like people are like, oh, I know that guy. Like, no, you know a lot of right. his songs, but he sounds, he's such a good singer. Yeah, uh, he still sounds great to this day. Uh, you had Rick Springfield, who I believe was my first concert. Um, no, I saw Beach Boys. I saw Beach Boys, then Rick Springfield. And the only time I've ever bought a sleeveless shirt was Rick Springfield's <laughs> Tao, uh, Tao yeah. concert. Uh, he's got a song. Well, <laughs> you gotta wear that when you uh, when you do your run to Vision Quest. That's the shirt. That's the go-to shirt. But I was so skinny back then that my sk- little skinny arms—it wasn't even like I was wearing a Metallica or Megadeth or whatever. <laughs> you know, I was wearing a Rick yeah. Springfield concert tee. Was the shirt that I decided I should go sleeveless to just John? You were you were definitely putting a target on your back for bullies. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? You got to celebrate youth. Celebrate those who have it, young ones. Celebrate youth. Right, that song was on there. And then also, it's just the state of the heart. I'm waiting for you in the state I'm in. And then it was Honeymoon in Beirut. It was one of the songs. Um, And then 
I think my father's chair. He's got a really sad song about his dad passing. That's a really good song. Um, I just yeah, he he does uh, he does dwell on his dad passing a lot. Oh, he does. Like that's the theme. Um, all right, Pat. So we signed off, and you're okay with uh, that? I listened to Vision Quest soundtrack, right? That's what we got out of this. Absolutely. Anything else Absolutely. you want to say? How is your your how how are you doing in this quarantine? I, I know you have you have uh, you know, kids. Not little kids, but well, you got I, kids. You got to try to feed. Yeah, my kids. My, my kids. Well, we're we're feeding them fine. Okay. Um, they're uh, yeah. My kids are fifteen and nineteen. We're all doing well. Um, but it does it does take me back to high school a little bit when it's that last hour, uh, before summer starts, and you just want to get out of school for the summer. And that's a little bit how you feel during this quarantine, I think. Yeah, but it's we, like you we, get. We, you get out of school, it's that last hour, but then once the bell rings, um, you're like, oh, I don't have a job. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing this summer. I just wanted to get out of this thing, and now that this thing's over, I'm kind of, I, I got nothing. Now I don't know what to do with myself. Right? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I guess that's, yeah, we've kind of, we've came, come full circle, I guess. We have come full circle. It's summertime, don't have a job, don't know, you know, where we're going to live. It's a thing. All right, um, I, I started running, and uh, oh, the Drive soundtrack. This I don't see this in your genre. Did you see the movie Drive oh, yeah. with uh, that good-looking guy? I forgot his name. Uh, it's a newer one. What's the? I don't think. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, with uh, with. Uh, oh my god, I can't pull his name. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he drives real slow, and the movie's kind of slow, but the soundtrack is really good. It's a really, you won't know any of the songs that are on there, but they all have this weird 80s synth, which is which is a, a genre. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm just trying to find a good soundtrack to run to, if you have any suggestions. Not Beaches. Um, beaches would be, Beaches would be probably a little slow. Right? I mean, Rocky, Rocky 4? Rocky 4 is the best out of all of them. Uh, cause, cause you have, yeah, Rocky four. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right, Pat. Uh, thank you. Uh, everybody go, right, uh, download, subscribe well. to rock solid. Pat's got a lot of great, uh, music guests and he has really cool themes. Um, he puts a lot of work into the show and there's not as many pauses and he doesn't go, um, uh, uh, uh and stammer as much as I do. So go, go check out <laughs> rock solid. I'll talk to you later, Pat. All right. Bye. Uh, this song, it's my favorite song of the soundtrack. I ran to this the other day. Well, I don't run. I ran once in the last 15 years, but to this song. This is where he has, he kind of recaps what he learned. Every 80s movie has that scene where the character narrates this kind of what they learned. That's what this, this song was. He's like, Cooch had it right. It was a vision quest. All I ever settled for was maybe you're born to live and then you die. And we got to do it alone, each in his own way. I guess that's why we ought to love those people who deserve it like there's no tomorrow. Because when you come right down to it, there isn't. You know what I just decided? I'm going to call my buddy Tom. Who, I'm going to ask him his opinion on Vision Quest. Guy, huge wrestling fan. And also, he, um, he likes the movie. So let's see if he's... Answers. I don't know where it'd be. Tom, are you there? Yes, I am. John. Hi, yeah. Hey. Well, I called you on your home rotary phone. 
That's, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that that's what I do in this podcast is everybody still has a home wall phone and I yeah. still have everybody's number. Uh, and then I call it's, them. It's old school. Ahoy hoy. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're probably your dumb sister's probably going to get on the line while we're talking and just tell her, you know what I mean? Get off the phone. Uh, so <laughs> I so I watch Vision Quest. And, and by the way, I've known uh, this is uh, my buddy, Tom Frank, probably my first friend in comedy. Um, he was there yep. the very first night I ever went on stage. Gosh, Tom, th that was almost well, you. I, I was there. You were there before. The, the reason that you got on stage was you were coming to open mics at the Main Street Comedy Showcase and you were like in the audience yeah. and you uh, said you said you wanted to interview me for a paper for school and you were like talking to me about comedy and like halfway through the interview, I'm like, there's no fucking paper, is there? You just <laughs> want to know about it so you can do it. That's hilarious. And also, I always tell the story how when I went there and the waitress, we sat in her section and she's like, hey, if you want to oh, sign yeah. up for open mic. And that was Lucy Lou. I've told that story like 700 times. Um, oh, yep, giving us popcorn. Yeah, right. We'd always sit on there. <laughs> a lot of people. And then I'll, I'll get to why I called you. But remember, we would do open mic. And now I'm just rest, <laughs> reminiscing about the old ancient art of stand up comedy where people would get in front of groups of people and you would talk and the crowd would laugh i don't know if as a society we'll ever see that again uh obviously I, I hope but this in the olden days you would go and you'd perform and you know you do open mic but there was a guy and i, I don't know why i thought about him uh, or uh there was a guy that was in the crowd that would take note he there were oh, sure. there were comedy club yeah. like uh get on the mailing list cards and this guy i don't know what who he was or, or he would have a, yeah. a pitcher of beer and then he'd have this comic card and then after he'd come up to you and tell you like his notes or what you did wrong on your set or whatever now he, as he handed in the he handed in the comment card every week and it was filled with notes both sides yeah, and for some reason, maybe because I was 17 or, or no, I was 18, 19, I cared about his notes. Like now if somebody oh, gave yeah. me, it had notes on my act, I would tell him to get bent. <laughs> but for some reason, every week I would be, I was like, oh, I, I hope that guy, I hope, I hope I he hope liked Mario me. Likes me. I, I've done my mom haircut bit three weeks in a row. He's probably, he's probably <laughs> going to say something. Uh, um, so at, at another podcast, we have, we, you know, now I just decided I got to call you again and we can go down all that. Uh, reminiscing road but i'm calling okay. you because i i'm going through a thing where i've watched i'm re-watching 80s um movies obviously yeah, i'm a big great, fan great, of the movie but i'm trying to get in i think on this on this particular podcast i might repeat myself a lot uh because i'm doing part of, of this podcast in sections and i've already forgotten mm -hmm. what i've already recorded but anyway so i'm going through old 80s movies to try to get my brain back to those feelings I had when I was just starting out and I was I wanted to take over the world, right? Then life and whatever kind of beats you down a little, a little bit and you kind of just get old all of a sudden. So I'm trying to recreate those those feelings, those movies, those, those songs of when I was new to the world, right? So Vision Quest is uh, yeah. one of them. And so I popped it on. Had day night and just said we're gonna we're gonna watch Vision Quest. 
So I was watching it, and I've seen the movie, I, I don't know, 8 billion times. But each time I see it. When it first came out? Yeah, yeah, because that was, I mean, it came out in, do you know, do you know what year it came out? Yeah, it, it came out in, in February of <laughs> 1985. Yeah, so and, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I remember that because it was timed for uh, the postseason in wrestling. It's just like everyone cares about wrestling at the end of the wrestling season. So February is when, you know, league tournaments, sectional states are happening. So they released it right around sectionals. So you would have been like a freshman in high school when it came out. Yeah. You would have been like a freshman on the wrestling team. And did you like go with a bunch of wrestlers to see it? Or yeah, I remember, you know, yourself? you being a, weren't you state champ? In, in mass state champion, yes. Yeah, so okay, I was not. So when I think of that time of year, have you told your, your crowd? You're and then we never will, Tom. Some things we we share. Uh, so I remember those times where I'd get on a cold school bus, like it would be freezing, you know, being in, in Michigan, you know, the mm -hmm. big yellow buses, they, they didn't warm those up for you. You'd be the first on the bus, you drive an hour to, to whatever high school is doing the tournament, you'd weigh in, if I remember correctly. I was, you know, I wrestled, I, I, I think 112 and 119, I never got it in the 120. So I hovered around like 112, 119. I'd wrestle pretty early in the tournament. Uh, I, I would get, I would get pinned and I would lose pretty fast and I would be done with the day by eight thirty in the morning, and we had guys that were really good and I just all day like all day I would be stuck in these bleachers and I just remember. Did you like it? Did you like watching? Oh, I loved it. I yeah, I loved. I still love wrestling and and I still you know from after, I think in high school I, I started coaching junior high kids. And then I did that when I went to Eastern. Uh, I was yeah, coaching. We, uh, I, I remember I went to one of your practices and I, coach. I loved it. Time. Yeah, I was one of the way better coach than uh, rest. So anyway, so I'm watching Vision Quest and some things popped into my head. And me and you have not talked in a little bit. And you popped in my head where I'm thinking, I need to call Tom and ask him. I don't know if you've you, ever had a Vision Quest right place. movie. Okay, so... Uh, this again, this, there's other podcasts that deep dive in movies. This is like, so the one thing that, and if you haven't seen vision quest, uh, this podcast is, is I know coming out, uh, whatever day it is, but it'll be ready before the weekend. I think you listen to, if you're listening to this podcast, you should then now go put on vision quest. You got, you got time. You got time. You got plenty. To, so, uh, so the coach, here's the first thing that stuck out in my head is the coach in vision quest. Wears a singlet, yeah. singlet, he, singlet over the shirt, yeah. over a shirt, but he wears it like during the day and at practice. And I, out of all the years in wrestling, I never saw my coach in a singlet. I don't, I don't find that yeah. necessary, and I don't know if anyone's ever done that. So that's where my jumping off point is, yeah. Tom Frank. What did you? How did you? Give me your notes on Vision Quest. Well, <laughs> just on that specific thing that seemed odd at the time, but you just assumed it was like a regional thing. Like uh, Vision Quest is set in the state of Washington, and maybe some coaches did that at some point. Um, you know, someone who was involved, the, the wrestling itself is fairly authentic, that if they just made that up, some wrestler who was on the set would have said, oh, no one would ever wear that. But yes, it is odd, <laughs> and 
Um, it seemed odd at the time, but uh, I don't know. It's it's not so crazy that I, I remember thinking when I first saw it, oh, I just assumed that's something authentic that I don't recognize as being authentic somewhere. Oh, okay. You know, it's giving it's giving time and, and place to something that I'm unfamiliar with. I, like if you were watching some movie and they're wearing white wigs on their head and you're like, what are, what's going on? Uh, people don't wear white wigs on their head and they're like, oh, this just must be what they did then. You know? <laughs> um, so what, what was your, what was your standout thing of the movie where you're like, what are you kidding? Like, like looking back, sure. I, I guess it was the eighties, but the, the wrestling itself, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we'll get yeah, over the loudness. I, I, there, there, there was one part that was very Me Too-y that I never really noticed. Um, sure, where he jumps Carla. Yeah. He's like, you slept with Yeah, he goes, F me, yeah. And he throws her down. And, her. Yeah. yeah, and then he punches her. And, and then she's like, don't you ever do that again. And then she's like, do, do you want a coffee? Or, I'm like, what? You can't. Where's, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so besides that, uh, let's hear your breakdown. Well, there's a few things. So I saw the movie actually early. There was like an advanced screening of it. Right. And when movies are, when studios are really sort of high on a movie, they have sneak previews for it so that you can, you know, word of mouth can get around early. You know, you got to remember this is 1985 and movies had legs back then. You know, they played for money. They didn't make all of their money in the first two weeks and then drop off big. And small movies like Vision Quest could actually do well. You know, right. Something like earlier, another sports movie, Breaking Away, just played forever. And, um, was Breaking know, Away, uh, was that the uh, bike one? They're on movie. 10 yeah, speeds? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Vision Quest is sort of famously based on a novel, which was very popular. The author is Terry Davis, and it came out in 1979. And I remember I was... I made the varsity wrestling team uh, when I was a freshman and I overheard some people talking about the book vision quest. And so I read it before I saw the movie. I started like over a year before I saw the movie and the book is amazing. Yeah. I, I looked for it on Amazon today actually. Cause I'm like, I want to get the book. And then I, I yeah. saw the only version I saw was, it was like Judy. It was like a teenage version. I don't know if they updated it and made it like, I don't know if the wrestler is a vampire you know, at night he turns into a vampire and he wrestles, but he's wrestled 112 since, you know, 1700. Only if he makes weight, he sparkles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't know. So I didn't know if that was the book, but it's, but I'll, okay. So the, the book's good. And uh, I'm sorry. I don't but it, it ends very differently. Yeah. Now, don't tell me. Don't, don't tell me because I want to, I'm, I'm going to order the book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert for something that came out, I don't know, 40 years ago. <laughs> okay, right. So, okay, how, uh, yeah, that's funny. I do want to know, but I'm like, yeah, that, that's like going, okay, did you see Footloose? Yeah, there's something happens in the book. <laughs> no, 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 don't spoil it. No, 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 don't. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's. I have thing. no idea what's going to happen in Empire Strikes Back, so don't tell me. Um, Okay. Okay. So, what are your what was your biggest problem of, of Vision Quest? The thing that bugged you as a wrestler? Um, that sure that and this is a problem with the book as well that the match takes place in a dual meet, and he's going to quit the team after he's going to leave the team and just go on to you know other aspects of his life. This is his one big thing, and dual meets are not nearly as important as the state tournament. You know. 
he should focus on the state tournament. It, it's sort of playing up. It's um, not authentic in that he should want to face um, shoot at in, states in the book for some reason at states, not right. in a dual meet. Where I mean, that's where it really matters. That's the thing that's going to. You know, I remember here. Um, uh, uh, from my high school days, there was a kid named Steve Foley who was a New England champ, a defending New England champ. He was a monster, and in a dual meet, they wrestled Monument Mountain, and he beat Joe. He got beat by Joe Bozanski. No one remembers that. Everyone remembers who was state champions and New England champions and multiple state champions. Right. You know, like dual meet. That's what goes in the in the the record books, you know, in the, in the state program, when you're looking at the, the years before who, who were previous champions. Yeah. Cause if Crotty, if, yeah, if LaRusso was, was fighting, uh, what's his face at, yeah, it had to be the all Valley tournament. You know, it couldn't yes. have been the, the Encino, whatever. It had to be the, all Johnny the, Lawrence, Val- by the way, who, yes. yeah, yeah, I was, I, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to get past you. And it seems, <laughs> I should have had that thing. Okay, so the yeah, so just him going down, and then also um, Loudon just bouncing around weight classes during just well, during the season. Well, you want to right? I mean, people have made heroic weight cuts like that, and I think that's a good thing in wrestling. You know, weight cutting gets a bad rap, but if you do it very well, you you should be very strong for a weight. You know, the thing is, um, like in 1997, that's when creatine started becoming popular, and creatine really sort of sucks the water out of your bones. So there were deaths from weight cutting because people didn't understand that you can't suck weight and take creatine. It, 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 it'll, it's gotcha. bad for you. Gotcha. So, but people who do weight cutting healthy uh, should be applauded. You know, there's lots of examples of people going, and just, you know, in terms of, Life lessons, when do you go on a vision quest? For young people to take responsibility, cutting weight is generally builds character for you. You know, it, it turns you into a responsible person right. if you're able to control, you know, counting calories and doing exercise and stepping on a scale. It's just, it's building up good habits in you. So I like the weight cutting in vision quest in, in, the movie he's trying to get down to 169 in the book he's trying to get down to 147 but um and i think frank jasper was like he lost a lot of weight to make it seem like he was the same weight as matthew modine because he was just a monster and he was much heavier oh and i t- think they had to do they yeah. had, the, the shoot the guy yeah, shoot, yeah frank jasper he uh they were like had to do reshoots and he already put on like 27 pounds and he had to lose it again for <laughs> some of the shots or and it, it was um but he's a wrestler, you know. He cuts weight. Yeah, to quote the to quote um, the uh, the girl in the movie. Why why don't you just Carla. stay, Carla? Why don't you just stay at your weight and wrestle big guys? Yeah. Um, all right. So what about the? Here's another thing that kind of bugged me. He goes, "We're going again." I you have all all the details, but the the coach says, "Hey, we're going to wrestle whoever they were gonna." And here's their move. Like the high school has a double chicken wing. Um, yeah. where they run it around, which I think that move's illegal because I think he they put in the hooks and then their hands touch, which would then make it yeah. an illegal move, correct? Like you it can't lock hands from a chicken wing, right? There's, there's double chicken wings. But you, you can't... Shouldn't. Yeah, your hands can't but, touch. Uh, again, 
it depends. Like 80s rules in the state of Washington might be different than rules now in other parts of the country. You know, the 80, 80s rules in Michigan, you know, there's not uh, right. uniform across. There's sort of variations from state to state sometime. And especially in like some states, if you have a dual meet, you're allowed to have a tie. Other states, if in a dual meet ends in a tie, there's criteria and one team, they just go through the criteria and one team wins. So sometimes when there's a dual meet between states, one will count it as a tie and the other will count it as a win or a loss. All right. So that, so the double, so that the didn't bug. Maybe it was illegal. And the funny thing, you know, you talk about the coach and how ridiculous he looks dressing up. The coach was also in the movie a few years before called The Thing, you know, the John Carpenter movie with right. Kurt Russell. Right. And I believe that's the guy who's lying on the table and his head extends from his body and like falls on the floor and like sprout out of it and walks <laughs> away. And so when I was watching Vision Quest, I kept expanding his head to extend from the singlet and shirt combination. So that was probably um, distracting me more than the ridiculous outfit he was wearing. And then in Vision Quest, they do a a circle where everybody puts their hands on the mat and go, and then then you'd get up. And I just remembered, you know, at the... I was so much shorter in high school too. I mean, I'm not tall now. I'm only five eleven, but in high school, I think it was like I don't know five six or something. I was mm-hmm. w- super little. I was Anthony Michael Hall little, and I just remember love love doing that because I was so kind of fast, and I remember just jumping like over two people and just landing, just you know, just landing perfectly on my stomach, and I just oh, I miss yeah. those days because now I you know. Now I, I just literally make all those old guy noises where I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> ugh, ugh. you know, even taking off a sweatshirt at this point, my at my shoulder mobility, I can't even really pull it over and it gets stuck. Um, so what other uh, wrestling issues do you have? Because people are going to watch it this weekend. It's it, it's a good story, sure. you know? I mean, it's the guy's lucky. He just happens to be home and some hot girl's car breaks down and she's like, can I just live with you guys? I mean, that happens. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, and but it, it's hurting him. It's not like this this blessing from God. Ultimately, it works out, but he goes through so much pain of like, wow, there's this girl that I'm lusting over who's right, you know, living under my uh, roof and right under my nose, but I think she's dating my my teacher and I can't have her and what's wrong with me? And it's sort of distracting him from... Uh, you know, his, his showdown with shoot. Right. So it's not all roses. Um, you know, I keep talking about the book, but like it's, it's, it's different in the book. You know, there's, there's sort of like an item already in the book. Do they use the quote? It's, it's not about the six minutes. It's, it's what happens in those six minutes. No, that was added for the movie. Oh, that, that's such there's a different good stuff. That's such a good, yeah, I mean, it's a good performance. Yeah. It gets you psyched up. And, um, all right. So what other wrestling, uh, wrestling, because you know what, officially, if you're available, I don't know which. which I I think I now have my go-to guy. Any pop culture, I we haven't even with Tom Frank here. Like he's such a, a vast knowledge. I mean, toy talk is a whole different. Like we could fill a yeah. whole podcast with that. Um, so uh, you know, when I first met him, he had opinions on eighty series. Like there's so much we're gonna use Tom for. So just remember okay. the name Tom Frank. I'm gonna be calling him more. We're not done with this conversation yet, but I just I just decided that you're a recurring character. So back to Vision okay. Quest. Uh, what problems you have with the wrestling? 
there's score there's a scoring issue at the end of the match <laughs> where they score something they say no takedown out of bounds but then they oh, start yeah. and um, they give them where, th- oh uh, uh, where he's down they they, start, they go back to the center of the mat and I think shoot is down and Loudon's on top and shoot tries to stand up and he brings him down. And they you know, get, stopping him from escaping, and they say take down two points. I'm yeah, like, no, he already took him down. You know? Yeah, no. So Loudon gets the yeah. Loudon starts at, at bottom because they keep showing the the thing where shoot puts his thumb. Yeah, one of them is down, and there's all yeah. Loudon's on the like, bottom, and then he shoot collapses him or just kind of takes him to his stomach, and then they gave him two points for takedown. Yeah, that's when I was like, what? That's not. And then Loudon stands up and gets a point of escape. Yeah. Um, there, yeah, why wouldn't you start on your feet there? I don't understand. Like he threw, he threw a headlock, uh, and he threw the headlock out of out of bounds. So you both start on your feet, right? You would probably like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's wrong, it's a mistake, but it's probably like a coverage <laughs> issue. Oh, right, right. They're like trying to do the score. Oh shit, we don't have this shot yeah. of him uh, okay. scoring. What do we got with the foot? Oh, we'll just. Uh, uh, do uh, voiceover to make it seem like he gets the takedown now. Gotcha. Or something like that. Okay. Um, the, the wrestling is not horrible. You're not going, what the hell's going yeah. on here? Like yeah, this, yeah. And, and um, Matthew Modine did not wrestle before right. this. Um, and he did a good job in, you know, his, his coaches deserve credit. Oh, interesting story. You brought up the karate kid before. Um, Billy Zabka, who played Johnny Lawrence in the Karate Kid, you know, is great. In right. His karate looks awesome. He never did karate before, but he was a wrestler. And he attributed a lot of his ability to become so proficient or look like he was so proficient in karate to his wrestling background. I, my little story about him, he did a karate... Um, not exposition what's this whole podcast i'm having yeah uh earlier i was trying to say count did you ever see the movie count of monte crisco monte cristo there's a bunch of them Uh, yeah but i can't say it though uh anyway count of monte cristo okay uh, so i saw him doing a demonstration with danny bonaducci from um Mm -hmm. the partridge family but i used to do radio with danny and danny showed me some vhs tape where those two were doing karate and they were pitching it as a TV show, like in back in the, you know, 82 or, or something. And they're wow. doing weapons and they have, those two are doing like nunchucks and they're doing like stuff and they're doing katas. And there's this one lone executive who was hearing the pitch was sitting like on a folding chair in the middle of a courtyard at whatever network studio that they were at. It was the weirdest, like it was the weirdest thing. Anywho. So, um, so um, Frank Jasper was a very accomplished wrestler, right? Uh, you know, the guy playing shoot. And one thing that the movie really gets right is just the idea of scouting. Like, you know, you talk about wrestling as a sport for kids, even though you know it's it's wonderful to follow uh, through all age groups. You know, uh, right? Uh, college and, and senior level men. You know, international. I, I follow very closely. Uh, Shout out to the South Line Mad Cats. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was scouting in the book, but you've got the scene where Loudon goes to see Shoot's match and Shoot just destroys some guy and he sort of puts his head in his hands. And then uh, there's the match that Loudon has and 
shoot is there. And like, that makes you respect shoot so much. You're yeah. like, he's not taking this guy lightly. He understands his ability and he's going to be ready. And yeah. like, you know, what's such a good part of that movie is they didn't overact. Like there's now there'd be so much dialogue. He's carrying this stump. This the tree trunk or telephone pole. You know, shoot is up, up the steps. Loudon comes and he's like, think you're going to make weight. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I know it. And then just, so. yeah, shoot just turns away and just goes, I hope so. Not like, hey, if you want to go now, let's go now, bro. Like he yeah, just goes, I hope so. <laughs> no, he was shoots. Actually, you look at it, you're like, he's like a totally legit guy. Not doesn't talk a yeah. lot, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, lets his actions speak for him. And there's a a great um, organization called Beat the Streets, and they promote wrestling for inner city kids. You know, people who, kids who don't have money, and they do a lot of great work. And they turn kids into great wrestlers. But they have um, matches every year, like in Los Angeles, it's the women's team. And in New York, they, they traditionally do the men's team on like Times Square. And USA Wrestling did a great job of promoting it one year. And it was like USA versus Russia. And all this camera is there. But they invited Matthew Modine and Frank Jasper to be there. So Loud and Swing and Shoot were watching the match together. And they kept cutting to them. And they showed scenes from Vision Quest. And it just felt so awesome to see Loudon Swain and shoot like hanging out and being chummy with each other. It's like, it was more cathartic and therapeutic for, you know, kids of the eighties like us than you would have thought that. Yeah. Cause you're like, okay, they're, they're, they're friends now where they, yeah. All right. Do you have yeah. any, uh, uh, closing, any words of wisdom from vision quest? Uh, cause yeah. I think that was I mean, it. Wrestling is a, is a great sport, you know, and th th this movie is sort of iconic and it, uh, you know, paints wrestling in a really good light. And uh, are there any other know, wrestling movies? There's one that, were there any other mainstream there's movie? A, not, not. A number the, of them. There's one a few years ago called Win Win, um, uh, which was like set in New Jersey, which is a really good movie. There was a biopic uh, called Foxcatcher about the murder. The, of yeah, the murder. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there's a, a wonderful movie that you can see on Netflix called Dungal, D-A-N-G-A-L, uh, which is an Indian movie about the growth of women's wrestling in uh, India. You know, these these uh, sisters and their father sort of pioneered women's wrestling, and it's it's by far the most successful wrestling movie of all time. It made huh. over $300 million worldwide, just huge in China. And it made about 12 million here. And it's really good. It's about three hours long. Amir Khan, who's like the biggest star in India is in it. And, uh, and the wrestling is not bad. So I recommend that. All right, uh, Tom, what subjects, uh, what do you like talking about the most? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to do a whole, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to call you again. Uh, not today. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Okay, good. You're a good resource, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you can always talk to me about toys, as you know. Um, you can always talk to me about movies. You know, I like to consider myself a cinephile. Um, mm, look at that word. You know, talking about comedy, 
is always great. Okay. You know, uh, and there's plenty of podcasts that do that, but we, we have a long history. We have a long history. That. We can we can do and it. We, different. we certainly didn't cover that all uh, today. Not even um, close. Um, I'm gonna make literally. I'm gonna make a segment. Time to talk to Tom. See. It has all those T's. It's good. People get to use it. And people say, hey, I like it when you have that time to talk to Tom. See, it's got a thing. Well, if, if people are enjoying me, you know, they can follow me on, on Twitter. I'm uh, Jay Machinder, J-M-A-C-H-I-N-D-E-R. And I put out videos during this quarantine called Sketch Fighter, where I draw, you know, random geek stuff. And you can try and guess what it is. So. Um, yeah, we'll go. Uh, uh, I'll save it for when we have time. But uh, what, Tom is also an artist, and he does a thing with a th- with it's. Yeah, there's a lot more to talk to him about. All right, Tom, uh, stay safe. Don't uh, don't wrestle random people, and if you do, only do it for state meets. Don't don't you try to get any kind <laughs> of virus. Don't waste, uh, don't it, waste yeah. it on a dual meet. Just stay inside with a mask. Um, you know. And then, and it, are, are you going to post notes for this, like underneath the episode? Of you, you, this you'd think you would, you would think, but this is, um, <laughs> this is just me. Is I'm a one man band right now. That's, uh, this that's is you, like with the rotary phone. Yeah. This is episode, uh, yeah, yeah. Probably episode by 50. I should have that down. Well, there's a, there's a lot of real life, uh, vision quests that people have taken, you know, and you can watch those matches online. Uh, Austin DeSanto versus Spencer Lee is a big one. Uh, Helen Maroulis versus Yoshida at the last Olympics was huge. Rulon Gardner on the 2000 Olympics. If you watch those matches, those are huge, colossal, giant upsets that um, are very dramatic and and worth following. All right, and you just gave me an idea to uh, keep this podcast going. I have a buddy who is a a shrink. He's a... uh, I might, I'm going to call him now and ask him about going on actual real vision quests and the mindset of Loudon Swain and uh, what to do if you want to give up. Because remember when Loudon Swain was just going to quit and then he decided that he's not he wasn't going to because he got a little sidetracked because he got a little, little, little hoochie hoochie. So it kind of threw him off a bit and he started eating pizza. Yeah. So, all right, Tom, I got, I got to hang up the phone. So... You know, your sister can use it. And then uh, appreciate your call. (laughs) And we will talk again soon. Time for the kid with a cape. Subject change. What's not really a subject change? Because I like to stick. I like to stick with the theme. Right? Because watch a vision quest. And in what I liked about it as a kid is Loudon had a plan. And that's all he was going to do is just beat shoot. Um, And forever, I wanted to talk about uh, or I wanted to go on a a vision quest. And now with the quarantine, I literally had two. what I had two months so far to find myself and I haven't even came close. Well, I found myself if you know what I'm talking about. But I haven't, like, I haven't had an epiphany. I I don't know if, if literally I sat in this house, like a couple days in a row, not, you know, row, row, but I sat there just going, okay, I just, I need a vision. I need direction. I need motivation. And then I started going, I'm, I'm 50. The career that I had just went away. Suddenly there's no more calm. Like it, it's a thing. So here's what I want to do. I want to call my buddy. Um, 
Let's see if I still have his phone number. He, he's a, a, a doctor, the doctor of the noggin. Okay. Okay, hold on. I'm having trouble. Okay. Joe. Hey, John. How are you, buddy? Good. You know what? I didn't even give you uh, that. That was very uh, uh, clunky. I didn't even give you an intro. I was going to tell you, uh, tell the people just, uh, you know, how smart you were because you're a doctor and, and you're a doctor. Oh, of, right. And you're a doctor of. Psychology, doctor of the mind, doctor of the mind. And I'm actually calling you right now where uh, last I talked uh, last we talked. It's been a little bit. Uh, we you were in you in Chicago. Where are you now? I am in Queenstown, New Zealand, the adventure capital of the world. Uh, did you get uh, quarantined there, or do you, is that where you do you live there, or is that where? Why are you there? Are you on a vision? Yeah, quest? I am on a vision quest. Uh, a couple of years ago, I kind of uh, just packed up stakes and moved to New Zealand for uh, for a new adventure. Now, did like okay? Let's backtrack. Did you was there somebody there you're going to, or did you have one of those moments where you're like, you know what, this isn't. I, I need a change. And you just threw stuff in a luggage. And then I just imagine a bus pulling up to New Zealand and then you getting off like uh, Poison, Win Big, Fallen Angel, that song. Uh, it, it, and then you like got off the bus with your suitcase and you just looked around and saw just a building that said psychi you know, psychologist. And then you walked in. Is that what happened? <laughs> I think it was more Midnight Cowboy than Poison, but regardless, I made it here. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. Uh, they speak English here, so being a psychologist is a relatively seamless thing. And I got to a point in my life where there was just a, a pivot, you know, and I, I had a chance to come and do this, and I haven't looked back. All right, so that's actually why I decided to call you. And again, uh, this is technology. This is from my 1840s farmhouse we're going through the interwebs <laughs> all the way to new zealand at whatever what is it uh what is it 2022 there are you am i talking to you from the future or or is it 1970 like the past i don't even know um what the time thing is but um so that's why if you're listening and there's a a, a connection that's just we're just you know we're lucky we, we can even talk to each other but so that's what i was actually calling you about is i watched the movie vision quest and then obviously the word vision quest has been in my head since i saw it uh i looked up how to go on vision quest and it's something that i've wanted to do forever but that's almost more meta like it's almost I don't know if I actually want to like grab stuff, go in the woods and hide in the woods for a little bit. I, I'd also, I just want to figure things out. And you'd think at my birthday's in July and I turned 50. I think one of the scams of life is when you're a little kid or even when you're in your 20s, not calling people in their 20s little kids, but you kind of have this scam that w once you're our age, uh, that you have things figured out. And I legit, couldn't be more lost isn't even the term because immediately people would put negative connotations to that i'm not lost in the sense of you know um i'm sad or depressed or anything it's just a weird i don't i don't know i don't even know how to describe it doctor can can you just subscribe me something i need a fuzzy pill like the blue ones that come in an oval yeah 
Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> like, I, feel, I, at turning 50, I, 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 I legit should have more stuff dialed in, but I don't know if it's this Corona thing kicking in and there suddenly there's no more comedy clubs and that's what I do for a li- like, so I don't know if that is a weird, okay, I'm going to shut up now and let you, uh, let, let you talk, but you know what question I'm trying to a- ask you. I do, you know, and I, I, I do have some good news for you. If you, uh, if you were to look up something called the U-shaped life satisfaction curve, you'd find that people at the age of 50, uh, all of a sudden get dramatically happier. And this is something backed up by research and uh, and well validated by a lot of different studies. And so uh, hang in there, buddy. You're right. You're right there at the at the turning point in the curve. But what that's about is oftentimes, you know, when we're young and we're coming up, we want we're, we're comparing ourselves to other people all the time. And our life has got a lot of superficial kind of things about keeping up with the Joneses and accomplishing things. And there's a thing called destination addiction, which is when I just do this, I'll be successful. When I just buy a house, when I just get married, when I just make my first million, whatever. And, and we get to that place and we find that we're not really that much different. And, and one of the things that happens at 50, by, uh, as suggested by the research, is we seem to stop caring about that stuff so much. We, we, we have a lot of evidence about what does and doesn't work in our lives. And we kind of start letting go of some of the trappings of that. You know, our, our attractiveness isn't what it used to be. You know, our energy may not be, but we've developed a kind of wisdom of like not caring about that kind of thing. And one of the recipes for being unhappy is to compare ourselves for other people. So I would suggest you're kind of on the, on the good part of the curve here, John. Yeah. And it's uh, when you say that it's funny how I don't even listen to my advice. I, you know, when I was on stage, uh, I would talk and I'd find somebody younger and I'd always go, uh, here's a scam of life, whatever level you're at, you just want to get on to the next one. So if you're in college, all you're thinking is, let me just, I just want to graduate. Then I don't have to d- deal with this dumb college stuff. And then you get your entry level job and you're like, oh, if I was only a manager, then I wouldn't have to deal with this. If I made X a year, I wouldn't have to deal with this. If I was only, you know, if I was in a relationship, not single. And then you just don't realize that every level you get to, there's a shit ton of new problems that you know that that nobody tells you about and then you think of the stuff that kept you up at night you know in your 20s and you're like oh my god i would totally love to have those problems uh back and even (laughs) even before i talk to you that's where that that's why i love doing my podcast i guess that's patting on the back is how uh when i start these podcasts i don't know where they're gonna go but i before i talk to you i gave people permission to toss away their puzzles because people have probably done puzzles during this uh stay at home and not finish them and you just have this guilt because you're like that thing's been on the table it's taking up table time and i even talked about how putting the puzzle together maybe the journey of putting it together was where the life or where the the living came from not the finished thing you don't ever you know you do all that work to do a puzzle then once it's done you put the last piece in you stare at it and go well that's over next one so you actually do the whole puzzle just the feeling of putting in that last one so i i guess is that is that what you know turning 50s like i guess well i think if if we talk about destination versus kind of the journey and i think there's something i've done a lot of research and writing about the hero's journey so we can go back all the way to the beginning of time and all these stories have the same theme. Someone being called to something, a call to adventure it's called. 
and we have mentors and we have people that get in our way and we have roadblocks and we can answer that call or we can't answer that call. But think back of any great story or any great movie. It's not really about the ending so much as it's about the, the ride. And I think when, 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 we, when we lose our ability to understand it like that, you know, then it becomes kind of a, what we call the refusal of the call. And this goes back all the way to the beginning. The first recorded stories um, seem to follow these themes over and over again. And one of the things that the age of 50 seems to bring in the hero's journey is a new call. Like, okay, my call might not be so much about making money anymore. It might be about helping other people. Something uh, a psychologist called generativity. I've learned a lot of stuff. I've failed at a lot of stuff. But now I'm going to take what I've learned and I'm going to pass it on to other people. And in the act of kind of giving that back, my own hero's journey continues. So uh, I can sort of see that in your comedy, John. Huh. Huh. Yeah, because it's, uh, I mean, are we, we're pretty close to the same age, right? We're, right? Are, are you, yeah, I think I might be a month or two behind you, man, but I might, I'm nipping on your heels. Yeah, and it's, it's I like, I never thought I was, you know, definitely it's not a midlife crisis. There's no crisis. In, like, I literally think it is such a, a reset. You know, when you're in your 20, let's just go back to that age. I guess when the hero, you leave the house for the first time, right? If you're watching Star Wars, it's when Luke goes, I'm out of here and I'm not going to, I don't want to farm here anymore. Um, so when I was 18, <laughs> right, when I was 18 or 19, give or take, you know, starting comedy, I, you know, I didn't have work on the books. I didn't have whatever, but I was excited to start and I kind of failure just wasn't in my head, even though it was a tough career. I never thought I wasn't going to make a living or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I go through 30 years of having a, a, a blessed enchanted career, you know, give or take a week here or there, but for, you know, overall pass fail, um, it was a complete, uh, you know, loved it. And then, uh, went through some personal stuff, got, got divorced, got Bell's palsy, moved back to Michigan, uh, bought a, a farmhouse and then the Corona happened. And then suddenly there, there's no more comedy clubs. There's no, you know, you're not making an income. Uh, you know, I'm in a house by myself. It's almost like you were playing red light, green light, and you got busted, and you had to go all the way back to the beginning. Like, legit, <laughs> you know, but now you're 30 years older, and you have all that experience. And again, I'm not saying this in a in a negative woo-hoo, you, you know, you'll, you'll make it through it. It's I'm definitely not that mind frame, but it's interesting that you literally got sent back to start, but, you know, you have way more knowledge and stuff like that. But um, what would people do? Uh, one uh, side note. So you're, uh, where you are in Antarctica, where are you living? <laughs> New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. Um, so you take, I know you can't talk about client stuff, but you, you, so you have clients that you talk with what probably remotely like, you know, Skype or whatever, uh, you know what I mean? Like you talk mm -hmm, to yeah. online, right? Um, do you notice yeah. a theme with like, do you have a, a, a certain age group? Is, is there a theme that's kind of consistent with a lot of people in case there's people listening that you, you know how sometimes you tend to think I'm the only one who's ever gone through this. Nobody can help me because you wouldn't understand my scenario. And then you kind of start talking to people and you're like, wow, your scenario is not unique. There's a billion people that have had the same thing happen to you. 
Uh, do you notice a theme? <laughs> like an age, is is there an age theme, I guess? There absolutely is. And if, we, if, I, if I had to sum all of this up, all these billions of dollars we spend on pharmaceuticals and happy pills and therapy, and that's treating symptoms, you know, and that's fine. People need to feel better. I'm, I'm not knocking that. But, but the bigger question to me in existential psychology is, what is someone's purpose? You know, what, what, what gets them up? What, what's their spark? What, what, what are they pulling towards in life? And I think one of the things that we can do if we ask that question instead of, hey, can you treat my symptoms, is you can make someone feel alive again. And all of a sudden, the symptoms start washing away a little bit. So one of the things that I, I've seen with people that have gotten to this age is, I want to have this sense of purpose again, man. I, I've got this urge to quit my job as a corporate lawyer and, and co coach my son's softball team for a year and, and, and that kind of thing. And you find this generativity thing kicks in, which is, I thought this was about one thing. I thought this story was about one thing, but spoiler, it wasn't. Now this story feels like about, and, and, and this is one thing you have to remember when you're in this position, John, and I, this is one theme I've heard is our, our, our moments when we're kind of feeling low like this and we're feeling like totally disoriented is when we regather reintegrate and rebuild. Now think of any movie. You wouldn't want to see like the karate kid where the handsome guy beat up the nerd, got the girl and lived happily ever after. Right? So one of the parts of the hero's journey is called the road of trials. We need to actually fall. We need to get our face in the mud. It teaches us to become a better version of ourselves. We reintegrate, we reorientate. And that's when we kind of spring forward to our next hero's journey. So that that would be now. I'm just trying to apply it. So that would be every Rocky film when he <laughs> after he got beat up and after he doesn't feel like training. And Adrian kind of like said, "Okay, will you win?" And then you get mad. You're like, "Listen, Adrian, if you would have told him to win in the beginning, he wouldn't have went. To, he wouldn't have got beat up the first time. Like you should have been on board since <laughs> since you know the first one. Uh, we're suddenly we're talking about Rocky. Well, and there's got to be, you know, and there's got to be some kind of 80s kind of theme, like the burning heart or something like that. But, you know, it makes it a lot more interesting movie. But this is, though, with everything that's going on um, and, you know, people listening to this podcast might be listening to it from the future, listening back. But this is almost um, everybody can relate to this because this is, I guess, that part of we're in a movie, right? Um We've had the first part of almost every movie is you kind of get character development and things are going well. And if you're writing a script uh, about 10 minutes into the movie or, or page 10 is usually when something happens to make that person, the main character, kind of have to make a decision or go off on a journey. There's a catalyst that they have to decide. Mm -hmm. And I think right. with this the corona and everybody staying home which you should be uh it's kind of forcing people to um to do that rebuild because i wonder how many people are just sitting back and had a job that you know they weren't into or something like that and now that job's gone i had a buddy on my last podcast andy murphy he on on the podcast he said to me isn't this kind of uh what you were kind of what you wanted to do anyway. And he meant that by me just going, I'm just, you know, I would complain to him going, I'm on the road 35 weeks a year. It's, right. it's crushing me. I right. just, I'm bored. I'm at shows. I mean, I love doing comedy, but the 23 hours you're not on stage that after 30 some years was, I was like, okay, I got to, well, how do you play the lotto? What's the thing? Cause I'm done. 
you know, so I, I was going through that. And then also with my personal stuff and this happened. So, you know, now we're forced to be home and hopefully not much longer, but this is, you know, I kind of look at, okay, this is the, the reframing maybe that I needed, you know, yes, it's all about me and I'm being personal, you know, totally. Um, yeah. Um, I lost my train. Of point. Thought. I think, I think some people have used this as an opportunity. You know, one of the things people constantly complain about is I don't have enough time, right? Well, guess what? This weird virus that just crippled the world gave us one thing back in many ways, and that's time. So whether we were going to get around to reading or learning the guitar or actually learning who our kids are for the first time ever. So I've gotten two kinds of calls. I've gotten people that have not used this time that they kept complaining they didn't have, and I've gotten people that did use that time. And we've all struggled through boredom and overeating and all that kind of stuff. That's just part of it. But, but more importantly, I think as we wear into the second month of this is that you're finding this other kind of thing of like, wow, this actually may be a gift wrapped up in a problem here. And I, I, I'm starting to hear that resilience as the, as the uh, lockdowns go on. Yeah. I, I heard a, a reframe um, and you know, years and years ago, I was just, I studied so much about NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. And basically it's mm -hmm. just kind of like the language you use in your head or the words that you use kind of shape your reality, right? So you can do mm -hmm. little things. And I heard this is, but I heard somebody say, um, I'm not, you would phrase, I'm stuck at home. They said like, you're lucky. I'm lucky to be home. Or they, they phrased it because, you know, life can start stacking and get, start to get way shittier there there's a lot of people that don't even have homes to be stuck at during this thing right so then mm -hmm. there's all these people that are just so upset they have to get out of their house in storm capitals with ak-40 with uh you know m16s but it's like what did you go through everything on netflix because you can afford netflix it's a weird there's so many people that don't don't have the luxury of having that i don't know it's um yeah. So how do people, I'm the worst interview ever. I just stop and start thinking. I literally was, uh, was having thoughts in my head and didn't say it out loud to ask you a question. That's how it's every girl I've ever dated gets mad at me when I start having a conversation and then I have to look at them and I'm like, did I just, did I just say anything out loud? I don't know if that was out loud or in my head. <laughs> um, what, uh, so it, it, when somebody looks at, uh, looks at, is talking to you and says, I, I just don't have a purpose. Cause I hear that a lot, or I see mm -hmm. that in a lot of books where people, you just, you just gotta mm -hmm. find your purpose. Um, that's harder to do than just, Oh, okay. Let me think of my purpose. Oh, okay. I want to be a ninja ninja. I didn't think about like, how do you help people or, or how do people, people who are listening that are sitting back going, yeah, what's my purpose? Um, how do you like, what's that next step? Somebody goes, uh, you want to, what's your purpose? How do you even, do I pull out a piece of paper and start writing things I like to do? Do I, do I wait for vision quest and some spirit to go through me? Do I flip a coin? Like, like how do you start to figure out if your purpose, if you feel that you're a hundred percent, just, you're just a floating log and you would like, I don't even know how to come up with my purpose. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, who never has that problem. Children. If you ask a kid what they want to be, they got a big answer, man. They're going to play in the NFL. They're going to be an astronaut. They're going to be a doctor. And somewhere along the way, they get discouraged. That voice in their own head starts telling them they're not good enough or they can't do it or they're not, you know, equipped to be that kind of person. So one of the problems here is paralysis by analysis. 
you know. There's so much focus on working on ourselves and the self-indulgence of uh, self-love and all of this stuff. And I'm not suggesting some of that isn't important, but I am suggesting that if we can direct our energy outwards instead of inwards, good things can start to happen. Not so much, what about me? God, why, is, why am I so neurotic? Why haven't I caught a break? Forget about all that. What can I do for someone else? What could I do to make someone else's journey a little more peaceful? And, 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 and that actually is the answer. That's the feeling. It's, it's, it's better than a new iPhone. It's better than scratching off a ticket and winning 50 bucks. It actually gives us something that pays a dividend over and over again. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you say that because in the this podcast, I was going to start with the origins of why I called this podcast John Heffern Kid with a Cape. Um, and it's just so weird that you just said that because if you don't know, uh, I had a bit 30 years ago, one of my first bits on my first album was needing a cape because I wanted to go onto the roof and jump off in a pool and my mom gave me a dish towel and the whole joke was what type of superhero are you and I would do I'm I'm goose man was kind of the but then I decided to call this podcast kid with a cape because I was searching for that old this is I I talk about me too much but I, I I started searching for that old John like when I played superheroes or I had a cape there exactly what you said there was no doubt I wasn't like wow am I gonna be an okay superhero I guess I'd be an okay superhero like I'll I'll do I'll be like c-level super like I didn't think about that I was so I wanted to do this podcast and eventually have it evolve where people would know that no matter how old you are if you are 50 or 60 or even 30 you're kind of still a kid with a cape you just put the cape away you just don't put that dish towel around around your neck. So because you're like, I'm an adult, I have kids, I, I do this job. I, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine, you know, getting safety pins and putting a cape on me and having all those awesome feelings, you know, to then go on to the next thing. Hmm. That's interesting. That I out of the blue decided to call you and you brought up when you're a kid and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to I'm gonna make up cards, like credit cards for people. They're going to have dish towel capes on them that people can get and keep in their <laughs> wallet or their purse. So whenever they get sideways, they know that, that they still have a cape and they can put it on. I love it. And they can pretend and be anything or figure out anything. That's what um, I did that. Uh, here, here's also my move is when I have guests on, I plug my own book to them. Uh, that's how, how uh, self-centered I am. Uh, I, but I have a spy book, right? I have a, a book called The Holding Deal. You can get it on Amazon or, yeah, get it on Amazon Kindle or paperback. Um, it took me forever to write. Like, I, I had it for years. And uh, I had a hard time writing it because I, I, I know I'm such a bad writer. Like, I just, in school, I was never good. Uh, if you get a text from me, you 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 know it's it's never written well so i just sat at my computer all the time going i i don't know how to write this but i thought i had a story then what i started doing is i started pretending i was a writer i i started pretending mm-hmm. i was a spy writer so when i sat down mm-hmm. i would just go what what would a spy writer do and i would i would literally write almost as if it wasn't me in that weird disconnect 
then I got out of my own way. I was just, I didn't have a name for my writer character when I sat down, but I'm like, oh, writer would probably just, okay, let me, let me imitate a writer. And I would just, before you know it, I would have pages and pages and I didn't get in the way of John Heffron. So that was kind of when I, I just mm -hmm. put on my cape and went, okay, I'm a writer. Of course I'm a writer, you know? That's what, that's what kids do. If kids mm -hmm. dress up as princesses, they're not like, well, I mean, I'm kind of like a princess, but I don't really, I'm not at the, at the big castle. I'm kind of more of a, you know, in the village where they have, you know, subsets. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Um, you know what? You probably have a, a go ahead. No, no. I just going to say that's all about limiting beliefs, you know, like limiting beliefs and like acting as if like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And you, you, you kind of just said that in a very clever way because you're a great storyteller. But somewhere that voice in your head said, I'm not a good writer. People do it all the time. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at dancer. I'm not good with people. And it becomes a limiting belief in a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's a fantastic example you just gave. So you have a lot of people asking you, um, you know, to help to help them or, or I guess, you know, listen to them. Uh, let me ask you this. How are you doing? How are you, Joe? You know, it's been fantastic. I've had a couple of tough weeks. I've had a mini little hero journey in all this little five, six weeks. And, and, and yet now I kind of feel like it's been a real gift. It's been a gift to be able to help people and navigate people through this weirdly unprecedented world crisis. I've, I've gotten a front row seat and gotten to talk to people all over the world. And we're all going through this together. So it's been utterly fascinating. I, I've written my own book during this period. Um, and, you know, I just find it to be actually, I've been through so many different stages, but but now kind of realizing like it, it was a gift. It was a gift to struggle. It was a gift to suffer. It was a gift to face down loneliness and come out the other side. So that, that's where I'm at now. Wow. Um, well, I'm glad you're well. And uh, once I get my Cape uh, cards, I'll send you one to the Netherlands. <laughs> you, don't live in another, you live in New Zealand. New Zealand, not the never <laughs> Netherlands. Netherlands. Uh, did you know I can't? I can't say. I, that's another word from earlier. I was talking about words I can't say, and I Netherlands. Nether, <laughs> Netherlands. Yeah, I said it. I can't say hallelujah. <laughs> uh, that word hallelujah, like hallelujah, halle. I can't say that. I can't say Count of Monte Cristo, crystal, um, or. There's so many words I can't say because um, I was tongue-tied and, and I slurred normally. Um, I also mm -hmm. can't say jewelry. Oh, wait, shit. Did I just say it? Did I, did I just say jewelry? <laughs> oh, say jewelry. <laughs> I used to go to those reading labs where you'd have these huge headphones that would literally were so, and you'd have the dial on the side and you'd have to like listen to cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah, so anywho. Um, Joe, thank you so much. I'm sure somebody heard. Um, and what I'm going to do is at the end of this podcast, uh, I'm going to try to do that eighties dialogue. You know how they always talk when they learn something at the end of every movie. Like, remember like breakfast club when he's like, you asked us to write about ourselves, but we're, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to take what you said and write that and put that at the end of this podcast. I just gave myself some homework and I can do it because I'm a writer. <laughs> Godspeed, my friend. Take care, bud. We'll see you. Ha! That was a good one. I felt good about that. Covered a lot. Um, bet you listen to podcasts you didn't know. It asked you to try to find your purpose. <laughs> we should do that. This is only episode four. What if we all started our purpose now with this episode? 
What would things be like by the time we get to episode 50 of this thing? Huh. Want to do it? Want to secretly put your cape on? Whether it's metaphysically or I find one to send you. But I think we do it. Right? Because we're all still kids with a cape. You still have dreams. You still have goals. And then our adultness and our wrinkles and that extra fat underneath our chin is weighing us down. I say no to that. I say you make a pillow fort. Get a cape mentally. Think about what made you happy as a kid. What are you not doing in your life now that you used to do that put a smile on your face? Just do it. But before you do that, can you hit the subscribe button to this podcast and go over to Amazon and check out my book, The Holding Deal? We're in this episode four. Man, by episode 50, we're all going to be so much better. John Heffern is the host. Kid with a Cape is the show. Lock it in and rip the knobs off. This is KWC with John Heffern.